Did you ever think eating inside of a restaurant would be a novelty? On this week's Kicker by Carolina Public Press, we talk about the impact the pandemic is having on the industry. I'm your host, Stephanie Carson. While many got help earlier in the year through the Paycheck Protection Act and SBA loans, that help is drying up for restaurants, and Congress is still considering bipartisan legislation that would breathe a little life into a struggling industry. So far, there hasn't been any additional movement on the Restaurants Act, but trade groups are hopeful. According to the National Restaurant Association, consumer spending in restaurants remained well below normal levels in October, the most recent data available. 79% of restaurant operators say their total dollar sales volume in October was lower than it was in October 2019. Overall, sales were down 29% on average. Joining me is Lynn Minjez. She's the president and CEO of the North Carolina Restaurant and Lodging Association. Lynn, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Stephanie. Glad to be with you this morning. I'm sorry it's under these circumstances. Um, before we start the show, I do feel like I should disclose to our listeners that my husband owns a restaurant in Tennessee, and so I am observing what's happening for that industry through COVID and because of COVID through him. Let's start with North Carolina. What are you hearing from your members? You know, there's so many people who have worked in the hospitality industry at some point in their career. Uh, I think uh, this situation is finding a lot of folks, uh, you know, kind of empathetic, more empathetic than they may be otherwise to the the plight of restaurants during this pandemic. Um, it's been a pretty tough time. So across North Carolina, you know, we're about uh, almost nine months into this pandemic. Restaurants across our state were forced to close on March 17th um, for in-service, in-dining service. And they reopened on May 25th, but for at a limited capacity. And so those restaurants, you know, just, suffered that devastating loss for those two months that they were closed. And then since that time, you know, operating at reduced capacity has been a real strain for them. They, uh, you know, 50% capacity, they're serving about half the patrons that they would normally serve, which means they're, you know, for most of them, they're not making money and they continue to operate at a loss. Um, Some have closed temporarily, some permanently, but but it's tough. It's tough across our state. I've seen the bottom line at my husband's establishment. And, you know, your best case, you might be making 20, 25% of what your sales are. So if your capacity is reduced, that's a huge impact. It is a huge impact. And, you know, I talk to restaurateurs every day. Uh, most of them indicate that they are not not making uh, enough money to survive. And so essentially what's happening every month is they're getting further and further behind on on their bills, many of them have taken on debt or loans. Um, they've delayed payments. Uh, they've had to, uh, you know, they've gotten some some lease forgiveness uh, or some some temporary reprieve from landlords. But all of that is, you know, the pressure's mounting now as those bills are coming due, and and you know, operators are, you know, just really facing some tough decisions about whether to close or whether to to try to survive this uh, dark winter that we're all expecting. Um, and particularly as many of these restaurants have lost outdoor dining capacity because of the colder weather, um, it's just really tough right now. We're you know, hoping that Congress, uh, who's currently in session uh, and expected to be for maybe a couple of weeks until they break for the holidays um, and then reconvene in January, we're hoping and praying that they will come forward with some sort of federal stimulus package that will provide some relief to restaurants specifically um, and hotels also. But 
you know, barring that, uh, it's it's a it's going to be a bleak few months, and restaurants are in trouble. And I know holidays traditionally are a time where there it's a cash windfall for restaurants, and then that helps sustain them through what is traditionally a slow time in January and February. The holidays are you know traditionally a, a very uh, lucrative uh, time of year for uh, restaurants and hotels and event venues and caterers. And uh, what I'm hearing from most of them across the state is that uh, you know those bookings are down with limited capacity. Uh, indoors, and they're just not able to host these groups. Uh, they're groups that are reluctant to come out, uh, so there's there are very few um, event bookings right now. Um, you know, no catered events, no company parties, um, and that's just really you know compounding the situation. That this is a time of year that many of them really um, you know uh, find uh, they make a lot of money during this time. And that's just not happening this year, which is, you know, compounding the problem. Many of them have turned to food delivery, you know, working with services like Grubhub and DoorDash or just having folks pick up meals. I know in our house, you know, we work every week to eat out at some locally owned restaurant and and bring takeout to the house. We're doing that. We know it's the right thing to do, but, you know, the experience isn't the same. And sometimes it's hard to package the food for it to maintain the quality, you know, to be fair about it. Yeah, well, that has uh, been to, been a challenge. Um, I think this crisis has really forced every operator to look at their business differently. Uh, many of them have uh, looked for efficiencies, a new way to complete, you know, tasks and processes. Uh, they've innovated. They're uh, serving accelerated off-premise dining. Uh, they've done all kinds of innovative, creative things, but those are challenging. They, you know, often uh, for operators to do these kinds of things, they have to incur additional costs. They have to retrain staff. They have to, uh, in, in many cases, hire additional staff, which adds costs. Um, and and they're doing these kind of things just to try to survive. But but it's not the same. I mean, we we covet the days of being able to. Uh, bring visitors or patrons into our establishments to greet them with a hug, to seat them with robust conversation, uh, lively restaurants. You know, in the meantime, uh, we're in survival mode. We're just trying to to get through the next few weeks uh, and months until we can can get back to life as we have known it. And I know that there was a lot of help in the beginning. There was PPP. There was some small business or SBA assistance. That only goes so far, and then here we are. You know, this feels like the real dry time, um, and and there seems to be a lack of a coordinated effort, at least at the federal level. I know there's been some efforts, and you guys have a fund as well. But um, you know, will that be enough? It's certainly not enough. Uh, the hospitality industry, restaurants, hotels, and then arguably airlines, you know, are the are the uh, industries that have taken the brunt of this pandemic. We. Um, stepped up and closed. We've accepted restrictions, capacity limitations. Uh, we are businesses that offer our services face-to-face, and, and so we've been particularly hard hit. Um, unfortunately, we're an industry that hasn't seen a lot of relief. Uh, as many of these relief packages have come forward, they're, uh, they're just relief packages that benefit the entirety of the industry. And so we've seen country clubs and you know uh, all kinds of uh, businesses who have had some moderate impact uh, benefit at the, to the same extent that restaurants and hotels who have been literally devastated have benefited. And so really, you know, the only relief we've received was a, a PPP uh, back in the spring that, you know, was largely exhausted. Those funds were exhausted by June. I think it provided about eight weeks of relief. Um, that money came and went. It was very, very helpful, but um, or helpful to some businesses, but that money, you know, was short-lived. Um, there have been some small interest loan programs offered at the state level, but those are debt and, you know, those, those funds have to be repaid and, 
So that was a you know somewhat helpful, but not not much. And then Governor Cooper uh, had a $20 million grant fund that just uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was able to extend that opportunity to full-service uh, restaurants across the state. So that provided some funds. Those dollars were gone in a matter of four hours. So um, as there's, you know, the need is so significant and the relief has been so limited. So, you know, really we have not received much relief and we have, we're working hard as an industry to keep the pressure on policymakers. It is crucial that Congress step up now uh, within the next two weeks to provide some relief specifically to restaurants. I guess there are lots of people hurting out there, but if restaurants and hotels don't see relief within the next couple of weeks, it's going to be you know, devastating for this industry. So we are uh, making that appeal this week to lawmakers, and then we're going to be pushing hard at the state level when lawmakers come back to Raleigh. It's going to be a long haul until our industry recovers, and we need help. We need help quickly. And I think the rub, and I'll admit that it's my rub too, is that some of these solutions have come in the form of loans. Um, So we're asking the industry to have debt that's going to carry on long after there's a vaccine and we, you know, the rest of the economy recovers from this. It is true. Um, You know, restaurants already operate on such a, uh, on such slim margins as we've already talked about. And many of these uh, owners and operators took on debt to, to be in business. They have leases on their uh, their real property on equipment, uh, and they live on a on a cash flow basis. They you know they make money, they expend that money literally on a day to day basis. And so, the fact that they're now taking on additional debt um, means that they're going to have you know their payments are going to be um, you know larger as they're trying to come out of this recovery, which is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time uh, to build these businesses back and to you know recoup all the losses that they've incurred. And so. These loans, though helpful on the short term, um, just mean more pressure and more debt and more trouble for restaurateurs who already operate on such thin margins. And something that that I'm observing is that, um, you know, there was a slowdown or has been a slowdown since March in traffic in many cases because of concerns over COVID and folks trying to be careful as they should with going out. What I see now and what I'm hearing and, and with uh, across the industry is that now people aren't coming out because they're running out of money themselves. So there's a there's a dual problem happening, um, at least from what I'm hearing. Yeah, there, there are lots of issues that we're facing. So first is, you know, just the, the restrictions themselves, the capacity limitations uh, that are that are hindering business. That's certainly a, a concern. A second concern is uh, fear. People are cautious. They're watching the news, they're watching the cases spike, and they're heeding uh, advice of some who would say, stay home, don't be out in public any more than you have to be, and, and they're heeding that advice. And so there's that caution um, that, that is keeping people uh, away a bit. And then thirdly, you know, we're all uh, watching as this uh, situation drags on. It's affecting pocketbooks and jobs and uh, the financial situation of, of nearly everybody around this country. Um, and so that is having an impact on disposable income and uh, you know, the the, uh, the interest of people to, you know, spend money dining out. I will say, though, that our industry is most appreciative of folks like you, Stephanie, who have continued to order takeout and delivery, who have patronized restaurants and done so safely, who complied with the guidance, you know, wear masks and do the kinds of things that keep other guests uh, safe and our employees safe. And it also plays an important role in making people feel comfortable in dining out. Um, those are all essential and will be needed for some period of time, even after the vaccine becomes available, we believe. And so, you know, that's really where we're focused right now is 
um, encouraging people to continue to support restaurants any way they can, to continue to uh, buy gift cards as holiday presents, Christmas presents for other people, uh, to encourage them to dine out either now, to get takeout delivery or dine out later. Um, that's a way to create cash flow and support these restaurants that have supported um, us individually through the years. They've created happy moments, uh, but they also support, you know, communities and many nonprofits. Um, so that would be a, a great thing for folks to do. And I think it's really critical to help get us through the, the winter season. Now, you, you touched on exactly what I was going to bring up. Um, you're right. Often restaurants do host fundraisers for school organizations and things like that. And in many cases have revitalized parts of towns that were derelict before. And, and you know, that's something that I've spoken with several people about in recent months is, you know, that's going to be the crisis of 2020. 2021 are these empty commercial spaces that are hard to fill in good times, let alone, you know, in a what we anticipate to be an economic downturn. There's going to be some some real challenges as we try to rebound and recover. Uh, it's not going to be a quick recovery. And, and so we have to be prepared to get through the long haul and to make sure that these businesses and their employees can sustain themselves until we can get to the other side. Stephanie, you mentioned um, our Worker Relief Fund, and I just wanted to, to, to mention that specifically, and that's that uh, early in the pandemic, we stepped up at the uh, urging of restaurateurs who were displacing workers uh, during the shutdown, and we created a North Carolina Restaurant Workers Relief Fund, and we have been awarding grants to displace workers in the hospitality industry throughout the pandemic, and that work continues today. And so, you know, many generous companies and individuals and nonprofits have contributed to the relief fund and continue to do so. And as those dollars come in, we continue to award those to people who are facing undue hardships in our industry right now. So I uh, just want to thank those who have contributed to the fund and encourage others um, who are looking for a way that they can support workers in our industry um, to consider a, a contribution to the relief fund. They can find out more about that at our website, ncrla.org. Katie Button is CEO of Katie Button Restaurants. Katie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. And I know that you have been involved with the restaurant scene um, in Western North Carolina initially and, and been a big part of this industry in every way. Um, talk First, talk to me about how this has impacted your establishments. It's incredibly difficult for um, restaurants uh, across the country. I mean, particularly, you know, restaurants that are dining room dependent um, This have been hit really hard. Um, you know, I mean, we have been under 50% kind of seating and occupancy and spacing since we reopened in July. And it's just really hard to make numbers work and make a business I mean our business model was never created on 50% and and we understand you know the the need and the requirement and like this is a public health issue um but the reality is is that our industry the restaurant industry is being left you know high and dry without the specific industry specific aid that we need and deserve to make it to the other side of this and sometimes when I review the aid that's available, it, it very much speaks to being written by someone that has never worked in or owned a restaurant. Well, you know, that is true about the most of the aid that's been created so far. There is, however, a bill in Congress now called the Restaurants Act in both the House and the Senate that has bipartisan support um, in both of those sections of government that was drafted in collaboration with restaurant owners. And so tell me more about what your understanding of that bill is. 
Basically, the bill gives restaurant owners the flexibility that they need and takes into account the fact that the industry has been uniquely impacted, um, like other industries, like the airline industry and others that have, you know, received specific aid. And we need aid that gives us the flexibility for our business model and how it works. So this is a $120 billion grant uh, fund for restaurants in this country for 500,000 you know, independent restaurants that employ 11 million people in the United States. And it gives them the ability to use it for the things that they need to in order to survive and make it on the other side. Basically, what we saw with PPP that happened, yes, it was helpful, but it wasn't helpful for everybody. In the hospitality and the restaurant sector, it did not, um, we did not see the same gains in recovery of unemployment numbers as we did in, un, in other sections um, in other industries, um, showing that it's, it was kind of insufficient for our specific industry. And I know part of the PPP, in order to, to get complete forgiveness, you had to maintain your employment levels, which was dif- difficult, is difficult as numbers are reduced. Yes, that is true. I mean, they did change some of those rules for the restaurant industry, which made it more usable. But it, the reality is, is it was a program that was meant for two and a half months that was able to be spread out for use for six months, right? Well, we are well beyond that. We're facing winter and we're looking at, you know, seeing a typical slump in numbers. We're seeing increased calls to action from public health officials, government saying that restaurants and bars are, um, you know, (laughs) a pinpoint of, um, you know, kind of correlation with restaurants and bars with COVID spiking and, All of those things show that the restaurant industry is being uniquely impacted. I mean, we can't operate and survive on takeout and delivery and 50% occupancy. It just doesn't work. And we are suffering to no fault of our own, you know, and all that we are asking for is is to be recognized for the specific kind of impact that this is having on our industry and to receive the specific aid we deserve, which is the Restaurants Act. We need that aid passed in this next package that is being developed in the House and the Senate, and we need it now. And, you know, it's not saying that, like, you know, that PPP doesn't work for some people. I mean, what we're saying is restaurants specifically need more and that we need the Restaurants Act. If you're going to pass PPP, it's Restaurants Act and PPP you know, not PPP and not the Restaurants Act. I mean, it's the only thing that will help improve the unemployment numbers and give the restaurant industry the return that we really need to see. I mean, we are the cornerstones of our communities and, you know, economic drivers. And for every dollar that comes in our door, 90% of it goes right back out the door to others. Currently, right now, more than 90, you know, more than 100% is going out back out our door, right, to our suppliers, our farmers, our workers. Um, and that's this, this aid isn't going to line our pockets. It's going to go into our communities, into the people who need it. And I think it's an important distinction you mentioned as part of this current uh, proposed legislation that it's a grant, not a loan. And that's something that Lynn and I spoke about as yeah. well in our interview, um, because that was the rub um, that I see through my husband's company um, 
and others that you're asking restaurants to go deeper in debt. And at some point, those notes will come due, even though they're at reduced interest rates, et cetera. Exactly. And there are people who are sitting there and maybe, you know, maybe their landlord is working with them. Maybe they're deferring their rent payments right now. Okay, well, those payments are going to come due at some point in the future. How are they going to pay for them? I mean, this is not like we need, that's why we need the Restaurants Act. That's why we need this grant program, because even though like people are hanging on right now, they're hanging on because they're hopeful that something will be passed. But I can guarantee that it is far riskier to sit there and do nothing while you watch the massacre of the restaurant industry unfold over the next three, six, nine, 12 months as we see the ramifications of doing nothing. And the ramifications I could list, and you could probably add to this, but it's, you know, empty commercial space. It's a higher unemployment rate from the service industry workers that are laid off. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's loans that will be defaulted on because there's no other option. There are many ramifications to this. That's exactly right. And, you know, what, um, as I said before, you know, the well, this is $120 billion, you know, it, it saves, you know, it represents 11 million jobs. It represents, you know, a return on that investment of $240 billion. It, it, you know, it represents saving a $760 billion industry in this country and the families and um, farmers who depend on that. I mean, every time a restaurant closes, they have to face their employees and their farmers and suppliers and say, I can no longer pay you. (laughs) I can't do anything for you. You know, if it's a worker, you're sending them out to an employment, you know, um, ability that's really, really hard. I mean, it's hard to find jobs. As more restaurants close, it's going to be even harder. And you're sending them out and saying, I don't have a job for you anymore, and you're not going to be able to find one, right? I mean, that feels terrible. Or you're farmers, and you're saying, look, you know, those sales that I've been buying from you for months that, yes, this year have been cut in half, but now they're going to zero. I mean, that is really, really hard. I mean, the impact of not passing the Restaurants Act now in December is catastrophic (laughs) if that is the decision that happens. And it fails to, like, show the restaurant industry, its workers, the families that are in it, um, that our government officials see us. I mean, we are, we are small, we are scrappy, you know, but we don't have paid government relations offices. We don't have people, you know, we, we have to scream from the top of our lungs as individuals and then hope and pray that our government officials see us, hear us, and do something about it. And we're still hoping, but we, need, we can't stop screaming. And that's, you know, I think that's where we're at right now. So I appreciate you sharing. Katie Button, it was a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. We have covered this issue and you can read more on it at our website at carolinapublicpress.org. I'm your host, Stephanie Carson. Thanks for joining us.